2: It's going to be a touchdown for Judkins. Right up the middle, David. Big gaping hole opened up, and Judkins just burst through there.
0: Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford bring you the latest on everything going on with Ole Miss Athletics. Gets control, in the dock! Oh, my! Don't sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Text in your questions or comments at 662-426-1093. That's 662-426-1093. One zero nine three. I guess you don't have to, but you need to. He hits one high
3: and deep left field. Kane shading the eyes at the track, and
0: it is gone. Let's get to it. Here's your host Gary Darby,
3: and we are here ready to roll with you, Chuck Yancey, and old Darb here, getting ready to do a Cannon Motors of Mississippi well, Rebel well, Yell minute, hotline. Minute. Yes, yes, what?
4: Yancey's here. He's here. I'm here. Oh, my God. He's been out on the here. beach and he's been up at Whistling
3: Straits. And you know, God. You know what? He beat me out of the car into the facility today, I too. I thought he'd probably be, you know, over
4: in Spain or somewhere <laughs> lounging around. <laughs>
5: I'm but trying anyway, to get over there anyway, soon, Chucky. Anyway, anyway. I'm trying to get
4: there. <laughs> Good to see you. yeah. see you, too. You put on about 10 in
3: the last three weeks
4: yeah. or something. Yeah. I
5: think we both have. I
3: know I have. <laughs> no comment from the cheap seats over here. None whatsoever. All right, let me tell you what we're going to do today. Coming up uh, in the next segment, we will have a chat. Uh, with assistant baseball coach Mike Clement. We'll have your text messages at 662-426-1093, 662-426-1093. We will then get Zach Barry on to talk with us about a myriad of things as well, from SEC media days to recruiting and whatnot. We have all of that going on. At some point when we do, like, the SEC and Ole Miss news I'm going to ask these guys how Vanderbilt received eight votes to win the Eastern <laughs> Conference, and actually got a vote to be the SEC champion from and and we've I know you've attended more of the SEC media days than I have, um, but we'll talk about that voting process and some oh things gosh, there and and how that goes uh, and and then we'll have the good, bad, and the ugly. We'll do some recruiting. We'll get a little bit of all of it on today's. Program And we're brought to you by First South Farm Credit with over 100 years of experience supporting the communities in agriculture. They'll help you through your financial journey at First South Farm Credit. And let's go ahead and get some thoughts from Yancey. Outback Steakhouse bring these five to you. Steve Grantham operating nine Outback Steakhouse locations in Mississippi and Tennessee.
5: Well, it's not, not surprising. All of these thoughts are going to be football related as camp is just around the corner. First thought of the day, I'm hearing that true freshman Aiden Williams has a chance to be special. No, he's not there yet, but it's only a matter of time. Don't be surprised if he's a big part of the offense as as the season progresses. Thought number two, I'm also hearing that Larry Simmons, the redshirt freshman at Amos Point, has really stepped it up this summer. Uh, Word inside the camp is that he is going to be involved in inside that rotation this coming year. Thought number three, I'm hearing... That UTSA wide receiver All-American transfer Zacharian Franklin will report to Ole Miss over the weekend, but there is one hiccup. He just had a knee scope, but they are cautiously cautiously optimistic he'll be ready by the start of the season. Thought number three, four, excuse me. I'm hearing that Louisiana Tech wide receiver transfer Trey Harris is getting, getting healthier and healthier from the hamstring issues he had from this past spring. They expect him to be 100 percent when practice starts in august thought number five i'm hearing that james madison defensive end transfer isaac okwu is beginning to merge as a team leader in the old miss locker room but it doesn't hurt chucky that isaac is a 25 year old man in a locker room filled with many that are still teenagers and the last bonus thought of the day this will be number six Ole Miss will have a total of 35 scholarship seniors on the roster this season. 21 of them will have an option to come back for a fifth year due to COVID. That, my friends, is one experienced team.
3: 35, you said <laughs> it when he, we were back there in a little meeting, Chuck. Your quote was, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. I mean, you've been doing this, I don't know, since the early 80s. Have you ever seen or heard of an no, old Miss team having 35, I mean, 35 no, senior
4: scholarships? No, not even close. Usually it's 20, 18, you know, 19, 22, you know, somewhere in there. And how
5: many freshmen did you say? And this is what the portal's done, right? Yeah, yeah. So, this well, that, juniors, in, that in the extra year for COVID. Yes, yes, in the know. COVID, right, but there's only 22 total juniors and seniors, uh, juniors and sophomores on the team this year, scholarship guys. There's 22 freshmen that are scholarship players that includes the red shirt and the true freshmen so they come in right you get a lot of them and then they start transferring out and then they get guys that are experienced but what this does is it may it forces you every year they're not going to fill those 35 seniors next year with a bunch of freshmen right then you'd be losing Yeah, but some
4: you, of them can come back you said
5: yes you got 21 21 of them that are come back or can, can, come, can back. come back. You yeah. know, a lot of those guys have decided to go on. But if you don't go heavy in the portal, you're going to be really, really young. And if you're really, really young, you're most likely going to
3: lose. How many spots are still left? Do we know Six? that?
5: Uh, Six is what, according to this, that's a total of 79. Now, there could be uh, a player or uh, two uh, that is on scholarship yeah. we don't know about. A yeah, player or two that we think is on scholarship that is not. So,
4: But with NIL, it really doesn't matter. Yeah,
5: And there's going to be another wave of them. We talked about that. If you are a graduate transfer, you can still transfer throughout the summer. And you have five days when classes start to do that. So they're going to pick up some more guys.
3: We'll talk some Ole Miss baseball after the timeout with assistant coach Mike Clement.
0: Campbell Clinic Orthopedics, a national and international leader in musculoskeletal care, is opening a full service clinic in Oxford on June 12th, offering a full spectrum of orthopedic care, including sports medicine, pediatrics, hip and knee, spine, shoulder and elbow, foot and ankle, hand and wrist, as well as cast and x ray services, and a physical therapy department. Schedule online now at www.campbellclinicoxford.com. We also offer a convenient weekly walk in clinic Monday through Friday from 7 30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Campbell Clinic Oxford, located at 2608 South Lamar Boulevard across from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
3: Hit the Don't forget to get your text messages in at 662-426-1093, 426-1093. In the middle of this interview, we'll ask one that already has has come in on the text message line to our friend back on the program, Coach Clem from the Omaha baseball team. How you doing, sir?
7: What's up, fellas? Happy to How be here. How you doing, my friend? Talk a, little, talk a little baseball in the in the middle of July. You got to love it, right?
5: Yeah, this is what the transfer portal's done, right, And pushing back <laughs> the the MLB draft. Uh, speaking of, what what do you like better, Coach? Do you like the draft where it used to be? Um, you know, right there in that second week of June, or do you like it in the middle of July?
7: Yeah, here's the thing. Everyone in my profession is supposed to say they like it better back in June because it's really hard to construct your roster in that short amount of time when a guy gets drafted. But I will say this. Um, You know, as it used to be, we had to deal with our our current players getting drafted while we're getting ready for a regional or super regional. And that was also difficult, and I think it's not the only reason we won the national championship. But there was that was huge for us. Those guys didn't have to worry about the draft, and they just went and played. And in some respects, made money by continuing to play in the postseason and you know elevating draft status. You look at Delucia, who wasn't even really a prospect going into the postseason, and he made himself a couple hundred thousand dollars just by pitching so great in the postseason. So there's there's good and bad to both. Um, and, and you could pick it apart either way, but, um, it is what it is. just one of those things you got to adapt
5: and deal with. Coach, speaking of adapting, uh, I mean, you had a very, you know, first baseball is unique in the respect that you don't in basketball and football, they don't deal with the draft, right? You have to not only recruit them and then commit them, then sign them. And then that's just half the battle. Then you got the draft comes up and, I know major disappointment or however you want to call it there with Cooper Pratt. He ends up the Tampa Bay transfer uh, ends up going back home, you know, homesick, or he's going to go in the draft, um, excuse me, free agency. So you're left without a true shortstop. Um, Just kind of talk, take us through that process, your mindset. And obviously you came out smelling like a rose, getting Luke Hill there from Arizona state, but just kind of take us through that situation.
7: Well, when that happened, I about called you guys and said, "Hey, can I come on and just advertise for the short position? And anybody want to enroll into school?" Uh, no, it, it you you nailed it. It's it's super unique with with every with everything that goes into it, and and we and you know, one minute you feel like you're in a pretty good position where you know your shortstops going to be the 15th pick of the draft and it's going to be really special, but you got someone to backfill him. And in my time here, which is a decade, we'd have, we've had four shortstops, all really special players. And so uh, that position, I would, I would say it is impossible to be as good as you want to be as a team. If you're not good at that position, at least that's been my experience. And so, um, you know, obviously coop signing um you know was a tough break for us we 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 knew it was going to be fifty fifty and and but obviously, you know, coop's from Oxford obviously went to mag Heights, and we felt pretty good about him getting to school and it didn't work out that way and um he ends up signing and like you said we we felt like we had a we had a pretty good insurance policy that didn't work out and you know then. We were really fortunate, you know, to, to get Luke and for him to go into the portal at the end um, and wanting to come back closer to home. And um, we were able to get him up here very quickly for a visit. Um, and I think it worked out great for, for everybody. And it's really odd that, um, you know, we, we came out on the other end of that um, maybe, in, maybe in better shape. You know, if, if Coop would have signed and we had – uh you know kind of get caught with your pants down you're talking about maybe Leje at shortstop or one of the freshman guys and um now you got a proven power five shortstop coming in to um and and you and you feel really good about it with the other pieces that we that we put together
4: give us a little synopsis of uh Hill's skill set
7: yeah he's, he's a su- super athletic kid and so i think for our fans he's a little bit more um, Errol Robinson, Anthony Servidio athleticism, as opposed to Gray or Gonzo, who are long and rangy type players. Um, he's twitched up and athletic and um, I really think has a chance to really hit. Um, I, I, you know, I think coming out of high school, uh, the bat was kind of his calling card, um, but then played every, every day at shortstop at Arizona State and just continued to get better. Um, made some probably normal freshman errors early in the year. Um, but then turned it, turned out being a really good defensive shortstop there. So um, probably a top of the order type hitter. Um, that's a that's a really good athlete with a really good arm, and um, we're we're super fortunate to have him for sure.
4: Coach, you you dealt with the transfer players now for two years or at least one. And what are you you got seven coming in? Of course, a couple of them are pitchers, but. What do you tell them about transitioning to, uh, to bat against SEC pitching? Because Leger, Calarco, Groff, they all had their periods where they struggled in the transition. So how do you overcome that hump of, of better playing against better pitchers?
7: Well, I think I think a lot of it's going to be done in the fall. Um, and, and, and there's certainly uh, uh, an adjustment on some level. Now, it's a little different for each of these guys because they're different Age levels, a guy like Jackson Ross, who's coming in from uh, FAU, uh, who's a four-year guy, um, and we'll have him for a year. He's more of the Colarco or Groff mold. Um, you know, you, you feel pretty good about that one. He's got a bunch of college at-bats under his belt. But I think each guy is different. And I think, you know, my job this fall is to really accelerate the learning process, um, both on their end and my end, learning them. Um, to get them up to speed very quickly um, as far as as far as the adjustments go but you're right there's a learning curve to playing in our league and our leagues as good as it's ever been because of the portal and it seems like every good player in the country um, whether they get recruited out of high school to our league or coming to our league out of the portal it seems like everybody is here now and so the uh, the 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 league is just uh, it's tremendous and and, and we're, we're we're really fortunate that uh, that we have a bunch of good players and um we want them coming to Oxford and not, and not and not other towns in our league.
5: Coach, you have three guys on your roster now, two transfers but three total that played third base last year for their teams. Jackson Ross there at FAU, Andrew Fisher there at Duke, and then obviously Ethan Leger there at Ole Miss. What what do you do with that situation?
7: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh I think the first one um is Leger. Uh of of those three guys He's the most athletic guy. I would look for him to move to the middle infield. Um, I, th- I think that that, at least as we sit here on July 24th, and a lot of things can change once the bullets start flying and we get the guys to campus. Um, but we've already we've already talked to him about moving off of third base um, and moving to the middle infield. I think he's most equipped to do that, and um, so I, I would look for him to, to move to the middle infield. Uh, if I were to guess right now, I think Fisher um is is a third base only type guy. Uh, I think Ross has played different positions in his path. Um, he played third base for FAU, like you said. Uh, he can play a corner outfield spot. He can play some first base. So I think there's some versatility to him. Um, and so that's kind of the thought process in there. And, and honestly, and we told um, we told Jackson Ross this in the recruiting process because we had Fisher already locked in we were really honest with him. Um, we, we wanted him to uh, move around and play different positions. We need, we wanted his right-handed bat because uh, if you looked up and down what we have offensively, it was a, a lot of left-handed hitters um, outside of, of, of Groff and Leger And we need one more right-handed bat with some juice uh, in the middle. And we were really fortunate because we had to battle the draft with, with Ross um, because he had some real pro interest Um and then he's from the state of Florida. His father went to Old Miss, which really helped us out. Um, but there was another school in our league from his home state that was that was on him pretty hard, too, that was playing in the College World Series. So we, uh, we were really fortunate to get that one. I think that's a huge piece uh, for us uh, as a right-handed hitter in the middle of the order.
5: Coach, yes or no, are you done in the portal yet? I think so. Thank you, Coach. We really, we really appreciate you coming by. on. Thank you, Coach. All right, guys. Howdy toddy.
0: Outback Steakhouse, no steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a bloomin' good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Dupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Haven, and Flowed, Mississippi. Also serving Jackson and Cordova, Tennessee. Outback Steakhouse. and go rebs more of the rebel yell hotline presented by Canon motors coming up next
3: all right we want to thank mike clement for being on and talking with us and we ran out of time to to ask him questions and on the text uh, message line at 426. Two hours with 1093 and i want to thank you for texting in and, and and we wanted to get that in because the question is guys in a perfect world Uh, Would uh, they start or relieve the transfer from coastal Carolina uh, in uh, Liam Doyle?
4: Well, I I think they're going to try to start him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. That'll be the first thing to see if he's a lefty that can. Yeah, yeah. that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, But if not, you know, there's always the pin. But, you know, I, I don't think they would have signed him unless they told him that they wanted him to be a starter.
5: Yeah, I mean, they've got eight, ten candidates, literally, to go to next year. Um, and a lot of guys with a, some experience, unlike this year when they started from scratch, especially when Hunter went down. So, yeah, I mean, they are going to try to start him. I mean, they're going to try. They they think the guy that they picked up from Arkansas State, Kyle Carmack, he has the stuff to be a weekend starter. I see a lot of fans always like, we need more pitching, more pitching. I mean, they, they I believe they're at the twenty-four, twenty-five pitchers out of thirty-five. You can never roster. have
3: enough, though. You know yeah, that. Yeah, but you can't, you
5: can't <laughs> carry ten position players, um, you know, and twenty-five pitchers on your roster. That well, that just doesn't work out.
4: To me, the key is going to be how much has Sonier and Quinn progressed yeah, yep. from yeah. freshman to sophomore. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the staff key.
5: In, in Hunter Elliott um, to well, me. And I know here. people aren't expecting anything, and that's just a bonus. But if he does come back, just had um, one of my son's teammates just had that same hybrid UCL surgery, and they're expecting him to start throwing in a couple months and be ready to pitch in December, January. He just had the surgery this past Monday. Hunter had it, I believe, in the end of April. So, I mean, he is going to be well ready if that is, in fact, what he had the hybrid uh, UCL surgery there, the Tommy John, which everybody I've heard from that is what he had. We'll see, but if he did have that, he's going to be ready. He's going to be ready. And it's the
3: most left-handed pitchers we may have had oh, on yeah. a roster, six or seven in a long time.
5: Yeah, yeah. picked right. up five, I believe, in this class. So I mean, yeah, it's um, it's. It, Thank goodness. Yes, well,
4: we've been left-handed pitcher poor as far as I'm concerned. Always one, long big time. Time. one
5: big time, one big-time starter, right yeah. every year. That's a left-hander, but then the bullpen. There's mm-hmm. not those options.
3: Well, Coach B likes doing that right-left-right right weekend thing, Yeah, if yeah. he could get it. There. He would love
5: right. to go left-right-left. If left. you could, yeah,
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. If you could get there and go there, that, that would be a, a – a... and, if,
5: and if Dole, right, if he ends up being the guy and Hunter does come back, in fact, there's – to right there.
4: I'm like Clement, though. Here we are at the end of July talking about baseball, yeah, I know. and football starts
5: next Tuesday. I know. I know. But, th- but this is the life of the portal. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, you know, last right. year we
3: got to do it because they won a national championship. Yeah. This year we're getting to do it because, as you mentioned. Because they were awful. <laughs> <laughs> we're
4: trying to bring we're trying it, to pat, bring patch a things game. up. I mean, to put seven, a patch
5: on it. seven new starters in the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when's the last time you said that? I don't think that's ever happened, except for when Bianco's first year he came in brought in some of those guys uh, there in his first year, some JUCOs and some freshmen. But I don't think in the 21 – will this be year 24? The, you know, that's ever happened before, right?
4: I still, I'm still going to hold my breath until I see how they transition uh, against yeah. SEC pitching. No doubt. I mean, it, no it's doubt. just a different animal. I don't and, care where
5: they come from. And, you know, we, we talked about that during the season. The pitchers adapt quicker than the hitters yep. do for whatever reason. And I, there's going to have to be some research on that. They do better – these, these transfers coming into the SEC. Now, I'm not talking about SEC guys going outside. Coming into the SEC, they have more success than the hitters do.
3: I would have also liked to ask you about the catching position because he mentioned how good shortstop has been over his time. Catchers have been really, really good. good, too. Let yeah. me answer that.
5: Campbell Smith.
3: <laughs> well, I, I get that. That's but true freshman coming in, he, that's a lot to learn and to ask for a kid yeah. uh, immediately, too.
5: And He's I know you got out here. Yet, but He's got the best arm. He's going to have a better arm than Durnhurst, believe it or not. Ah. That's,
2: watch. watch.
5: Oh. I got to see Campbell oh. you know, last 60, 70 games. Come I on, said buddy. arm. I didn't say defensively total package. Ooh. Arm. Wait till you see seen the oh. first throw he makes, Chucky. You're oh. going to be like, well, oh, yes, he's right. Oh. Well, we've <laughs> done about has got a bad run. ass. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about Durnhurst is special, but that's how special – Smith went. Uh, now, I'm not saying that he's going to come in and hey, make the look, impact that Don made his freshman Nancy, year, just, just but ca- just pure arms. Just Smith because wins. he threw out good.
4: them kids from Hernando. Oh, I, <laughs>
5: come on. I'm not talking about who he's throwing out. I'm talking about the arm. I One throw, that's all it's going to take, Chuck. You're going to be okay. like, wow. Okay.
4: Text yeah.
3: messages in that conversation brought to you by Cannon Cleary McGraw, CCM Oxford. Dot com. Rebel Injury Report. Do we have anything we can discuss? Yeah, brought yeah, to you yeah, by yeah. Oxford Orthopedics.
4: Yeah, man, I I got some. I talked to Spencer Sanders today, uh, and the quarterback that's battling Jackson Dart and Walker Howard for the starting spot. And I think he's in number two right as we speak. But I was asking him about his shoulder, you know, because he had to sit out some practices in spring and and toss other practices, and then he tried to throw full speed in a few practices finally came around in the Grove Bowl and had a good Grove Bowl, but he said that was all on adrenaline, that he was really hurting. But he he had a grade three separated AC joint in his um, throwing arm, his right arm. He said he's been through some special rehab and that uh, he's – almost 100 percent he said it could be a little stronger the shoulder could be a little stronger but he's gotten all of his rotation back and i understand from people on the inside that he's really throwing the ball well in seven on seven drills so that's a good good Big injury, injury note yeah, it is
5: and a couple more and on my thoughts there right zakarian franklin on the negative end is going to have to have his knee scope or or just had it recently and so that's going to set him back some they're they're cautiously optimistic he'll be ready by the start of camping, but Trey Harris, who said he was 75% ready to chuck, which alarmed a lot of people inside the IPS, and he's ready. He's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. And Jordan Watkins, another guy they said is ready to go as well.
3: OxfordOrtho.com for Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. We need to thank our people at Gateway Tire, too. Since so 1929, 54 locations across six states, Gateway Tire goes the distance for you. Zach Barry joins us next.
0: real estate. Roof leaks can disturb your relaxing weekend or put your business operations and assets in jeopardy. Riverland Roofing is a licensed, insured, and certified roofing contractor that offers clients quality solutions that suit their budget. As a certified GAF Master Contractor, Riverland can offer warranties that can last a lifetime, servicing five states, including Mississippi and Tennessee. Owned and operated by Ole Miss alumni, Riverland Roofing covers what matters most, home or business. Find out more at RiverlandLLC.com or
1: If you have a light, find your road. Outback Steakhouse
0: knows steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a bloomin' good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Tupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Haven, and Floyd Mississippi also serving Jackson and Cordova Tennessee Outback Steakhouse
2: The older I get the more I realize there're just some things I don't know balancing a budget for example I'm not a financial whiz sure I know batting averages passing and rushing yards three point shooting percentage but intentionally putting away money for retirement that's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money podcast come in NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
3: My friends, the Farese Group can be your partner in retirement. Nearly two decades of expertise helping retirees invest and distribute their savings. The Farese Group continues to provide their clients with unparalleled level of service, and they deliver results With locations in Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, and Baton Rouge, you call them toll-free 1-877-327-3735. Gary, Chuck, Yancey, and Zach Berry on the line with us. Welcome to the program, partner.
10: Good evening. How are we doing?
4: Doing great, brother. Uh, Did some great work at the SEC Media Days. Uh, Was that your first one you've been to, or have you been to others?
10: That was my first one. I have been in and around sports media for a long time, and never actually had the chance to go. So it was uh, it was so quite me, a doozy for uh, for a first time.
4: So t- tell me your impression of that media zoo.
10: You know, it was funny. Uh, one of my uh, one of our colleagues at On Three, JD Pachell, I think, said it best. Um, just said, you know, it's college football Twitter come to life. Um, and then I was talking with somebody uh, yesterday, and I said, it's kind of like a Comic-Con for uh, for college football, um, just the who's who. Uh, you've got media personalities from everywhere. You've got Radio Row, which was a lot of fun, just seeing literally everybody from the entire SEC footprint that was there. And um, probably one of the more exciting things, there were uh, contingents from Texas and Oklahoma that were there as well. So I got a chance to talk with those guys. Um, as they are preparing for uh, 2024 when uh, Media Days will be in Dallas for their uh, first year in the conference.
5: Zach, I know I had a chance to talk to you a little bit earlier. You got a chance to speak to just about all of the schools, somebody in the media that covers that school. Who was the most – which schools seem the most unrealistic in their expectations, and who was the most uh, keeping it real, so to speak?
10: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I thought, honestly, for the most part, across the board, it was pretty even keel. I didn't hear anything crazy. Um, Honestly, probably the craziest thing I heard was uh, I talked with Brooks Austin from Sports Illustrated. He covers Georgia. He said he thinks Ole Miss is the only team on Georgia's schedule that can give them a game, Um, which I thought was a little wild. Um, not just the game being later in the season and uh, Georgia's Georgia. Like They have a shot to go 12-0, and run the table, and get into the playoff and, and go from there. But I, I think Ole Miss playing them in November does not bode well because by then you would think that Carson Beck has gotten comfortable and figured things out. But that was something that um, was, surprised me. And Brooks has, has been doing this a long time. And he said he thinks Ole Miss gives uh, Georgia the best game this year, not Tennessee, um, which which is who I think probably gives them the best game. But um, yeah, I mean everybody was pretty uh, was pretty even keel. Um, probably the most interesting conversation I had was um, with John Neighbors, who covers Arkansas, and you know it's a. Completely new look. Both coordinators are gone. K.J. Jefferson's back, which is big. Um, And then Rocket Sanders along with him in the backfield. But Barry Odom, Kendall Bryles, both have moved on. So that's something. um, It was fascinating to listen to him talk about that and and how he thinks Sam Pittman is going to be in year four. Um, And, you know, he's a guy – talking about Sam Pittman probably – um, one of the more fun people to hear and, and be around. He's, um, as, as one media member said, that he'll he'll make you want to run through a wall for sure.
5: Zach, what was the general feeling about Ole Miss from the other media members that you got to speak with? You spoke about the Georgia surprise there, um, you know, and a nice surprise, I guess, as an Ole Miss person. But what was the feeling about Ole Miss's team?
10: I think a lot of the question mark um, for most media members who, who are unfamiliar don't cover Ole this was what's the defense going to look like because last year the defense wasn't great but they weren't terrible they were middle yeah. of the pack and that was kind of the, some of the national guys that I talked to like Andy Staples said that too where he said hey like if Pete Golding can just get them to hold people to you know twenty-one to twenty-four points per game, you have to think that that Lane Kiffin and the offense are gonna be fine. Um, so that was probably one of the bigger talking points was what's that defense going to look like with Pete Golding. And obviously he wasn't there, but people were talking about Jackson Dart. What kind of what kind of jump is he gonna take in year two in the Lane Kiffin system? He's a year another year away from the injury. Um, he was, I thought he looked much more comfortable and much more confident late in the year in the office Decision making was a, was a lot more seamless. Um, he wasn't hesitating. He was going through progressions and, you know, had that camaraderie and that chemistry with the wide receivers. Um, but what's this next year jump going to look like? Matt Corral took a big jump in year two in the Lane Kiffin system from 2020 to 2021 is that going to be a, a similar arc for, for Dart. Um, and, and then finally, the you know, Quinchon Jenkins was there. Um, big time storyline nationally, not just at SEC Media Days. How good can he be in his encore to last year? Consensus All-American, led the SEC in rushing, you know, basically only behind um, uh, a guy from, from Air Force uh, and, and leading the country in rushing, which is pretty pretty incredible for a true freshman um, <laughs> in the SEC to run for almost 1,600 yards, and um, you're only trailing Brad Roberts from Air Force, which um, probably I'm not I don't have the carries in front of me. Probably ran it a good bit more than Quinchon did, but um, he was a story at media days. He, he's he's not the uh, he's not the he's not the biggest talker. The soft-spoken guy, kind of keeps to himself, but. Um, handled the media well, um, had a couple good laughs on Feinbaum. Um, so he was, um, and, and Cedric Johnson's an older guy, so he, he knows how to work the media. And then DeAndre Prince as well, another veteran. So Quinchon being there handles himself well. And, and look, at seeing him walk around, uh, I, I was talking with um, uh, a couple uh, media guys, uh, Matt Moscona and Ryan Brown, and, and, and Matt, who covers LSU, he... he said that when he walked by, he was like, I don't know how people tackle him. Uh, he looks bigger. He, he looks a lot more. Um, you know, he was big last year. He's a big kid already, but just getting in that weight room with uh, with Coach Savage and the rest of the strength and conditioning staff, he looks like a, a, you know, bigger, but, you know, a healthy, you know, thick, as the kids would say, thick with two Cs.
4: You know, what? what's more fascinating to me of Quinchon getting – Nearly 1600 yards is that he did it in the same backfield with Zach Evans, who got 900 yards. That's a lot of yards (laughs) out of that tailback position. That's 2,500 yards out of tailback position. That's, that's running the hell out of the football. (laughs) Uh, Zach, you, you cover the transfer portal as good as anybody in the business. And Ole Miss has added a lot of defensive players, uh, you know, some on every level, uh, line, linebacker, safety, corner. Uh, in the portal, I think that our defense may be a little bit underrated because of the addition of those uh, portal guys. What do you think?
10: No, I think that's a good point. I think the two linebackers that they've added are two veteran pieces, and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and, and Monty Montgomery both played a lot of football. Um, so I think that that's key because um, you have Kari Coleman there as well who who has played a lot of football as well. He's not as old as those two, but that's three veteran pieces that have played a lot, and Jean-Baptiste played at the G5 level, but it was at UCF, which is as good as it gets, and then Montgomery played at Louisville in the, in the Power 5 level, and, and same with Kari Coleman. He was at TCU. and look, Chuck, you know, when, when Coleman was healthy, he was as good as anybody last year in the SEC. He was banged up, had some nagging injuries that kind of held him back, but... I think that that linebacker position is going to be a lot better than people uh, than people give them credit for, and then you, you add in the fact that you're you're now being coached by Pete Golding, who you know coached some really good defenses at Alabama. Um, now I know the the question marks are going to be, well, how's it going to be coaching you know somewhere else without an A on your on your polo and all of that, but um, look, it, it remains if Nick Saban is going to hire you, you know what you're doing and he felt like he could trust him with running the defense, I think that the, the defense is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And I think that it starts up front with, um, with those two new linebackers. And then, look, I, they're not stuffing a stat sheet, but I do think that Stephen Wynn and Joshua Harris are going to be crucial parts of that defensive line because I, I just think it frees up the other guys on the defensive line to kind of get back to doing what they kind of built for. J.J. Pegues, he's a big guy, but super athletic, really quick first step. And I think he fits better on the defensive line coming off the edge or still inside but not right on top of the center, you know, as a nose guard. And I think those two guys are true nose guards that are going to demand double teams and they're going to free up the linebackers and the other defensive linemen to make plays. You got Jared Ivey back for another year. Um, really came into his own at the end of last season. And um, Cedric Johnson, who's healthy, that's a huge boost for this defense because of the veteran presence, and he can make plays when he's healthy. So, um, yeah, that defense, and then we haven't even talked about the secondary and what they've added in the secondary. I mean, Pete Golden got there and immediately started adding defensive backs. Left and right, you got Zamari Walton, who's played a lot of football at Georgia Tech, and then um, John Saunders from Miami of Ohio, um, Justin Hodges from UCF, Deshaun Gaddy from North Texas, who was the number one rated PFF uh, returning cornerback, um, which is huge. Tasia Young from FAU, uh, Jaden Kennedy from Tulane, coming off an injury, but was really, really good uh, for the Green Wave prior to that injury and then Dejon Anthony from Liberty. So lots of length and athleticism being added to that secondary. So I think you're on to something, Chuck. I do think we know what the offense is going to do. They've added some big-time weapons. But I think the defense is being slept on a little bit, especially with Pete Golding now coaching that unit.
4: And you didn't even mention Uquo, a 25-year-old defensive end that I think is going to really (laughs) complement Ivy and, uh, and Johnson, you know.
10: Yeah, and that was a that was a big one because he took his time in the portal and was kind of going back and forth um but yeah, I mean I do think that he's uh he's kind of that that kind of tweener guy that is basically what you're seeing now 6263 anywhere from like 220 to 240 who can, you know, dip under those bigger offensive linemen, those offensive tackles, but yeah, I mean he could potentially get into the all sec conversation if he has a big year and then you know you mentioned Ivy and cedric johnson and then he can kind of you know be opposite of them and just be you know a, a yin to a yang there with his different approach and he's not your typical you know six four six five end i think that that presents a, a very unique issue for offensive tackles just because of that speed and quickness so great point there um
4: <laughs> there's a lot of there's
10: a lot of portal guys. I got to I got to run through them all, but yeah, that was did good, a good so. job.
4: It's- hey, so uh so Zach, uh, coming up real quick is uh Juice Fest and I know you hadn't put out a list yet. You hadn't gotten a list yet. Uh but do you anticipate it uh being a, a pretty big deal and we've got like 1 minute.
10: Yeah, so I will say I did actually get the list about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of 24 commits, but there are some interesting 24 and 25 guys that will be in town. The big one for the 24 class, um, Williams Nawani. Uh, he's from Lee Summit North High School. He's from uh, Missouri. Um, that is one that is very interesting. He's a five-star, number three overall prospect in the country. That is one to keep an eye on. And then the guy keeps showing up in Oxford, Deuce Knight, that's George County quarterback, 25 class. Um, I feel like Ole Miss is kind of quietly building some momentum there, and they're really confident. And then the other 25 guy, DeAndre Ryden, big time running back out of DeSoto, Texas. Want to keep an eye on that guy because Southern Cal, Ohio State, Texas, Texas AM, everybody wants him. He will be in town. Uh, so those are some big 25 prospects to go along with uh, the number three overall player in the 24 class. Well,
4: that's that's pretty impressive, Eric. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes we get running backs that UAB and Mercer won't. And, <laughs> and uh, that doesn't sound like that, so that, that sounds good. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Some great stuff, and you did a great job over at Media Days. Appreciate that for sure.
5: Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. i have a good one. Thank you so much. You too.
3: You know, he mentioned the eye-opening experience for him. I don't know if I've told it on this show, um, but I hosted a show that was just on the ACC. And, and, and when you hear the names, you'll understand how long ago this was. There were three radio broadcasts from ACC Football Media Days that year. Three. Really? Three. And I'm interviewing with my co-host, Frank Beamer, for 15 Minutes, while Bobby Bowden waited on the other side of the table wow. to come on after him, that doesn't happen in the SEC. No, sure does Sure does That does not you got, happen. You got media interview and other media right. is what you get. That's right. Which we will discuss a little bit of that and more as we continue. We'll do that. We've got uh, a little bit of the recruiting news that Yancey needs to get to, and our good, bad, and ugly on the other side with the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're Town that's good to me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. She's all right.
5: I don't know. She's all right. She's all right. She's all right.
0: real estate with over 40 years of combined experience the tom smith land and homes team serving the cleveland mississippi area is committed to achieving the best results for buyers and sellers their knowledge and expertise about agricultural hunting and recreational lands is highly known and respected throughout the state with tom smith land and homes you can expect more and get more return on your real
2: estate investment. Contact
0: Tom Smith Land and Homes today at 662-441-2500.
2: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented
0: by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
3: And we'll do some SEC and Ole Miss news brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers, the South's leader in estate jewelry and diamond solitaires. As Chuck always says, you know she's worth it. And we start here by by sending our thoughts to Katie Hill and the family, uh, the accident on I-65 near Coleman, Alabama, and you know details are still coming out, but a, a horrific wreck.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and one, and I got to tell you, and I mean this in all sincerity, K.D. Hill is as good a kid as has ever come through the football program in the forty years that I've I've been doing the Old Miss spirit. You're not the only Praying one that I've him. heard
3: say that yeah. along the along the way. Yeah, uh, and so yes, former uh, Chuckie Mullins Award winner. Uh, his brother was in the vehicle. No fatalities occurred, but uh, obviously goodness. very. And there's a GoFund, too
5: up on the Old Miss Spirit Board. All right. So Go everybody fund. that. Ken, please help out with that.
3: All right, we, we talked to SEC media days. Quinshawn Judkins was the only Ole Miss player to find his name on any list, first team running back, um, and, and that was all there. Ole Miss was picked fourth in the West, Alabama to win the West, then LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State, though Ole Miss was the only team in the West not to get a vote to win the West. The rest did, Arkansas, three Auburn, four State, who was picked last in the West, got one. Um, on the Eastern Conference side, it was Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Mizzou, and Vandy, which all sounds about right. But Vanderbilt got eight votes to win the East and oh, got an Lord. actual vote to win the entire conference oh, from a media Lord. member.
5: Oh, and oh, players like Jeremy James, um, Piggies, DeAndre Prince, I'm surprised they weren't even, at least on the second or the third team, right? Um, those are guys that have well-established. A uh, little, little surprising to me.
3: You've placed votes in those things. Listen. I have as well, but I I kind of took it serious when I, Dude, when Van,
4: I did so. Vandy Van, would have trouble winning the old Gulf South Conference with <laughs> Southeast Louisiana, Delta State, and North Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they trying to kid? Come on. Come they are on. getting better, though, but first place, that's the joke. <laughs> They might be getting better, but they're still not
5: any good. Yeah. Well, they're going to be a little bit. If yeah, you no. honest,
3: if, if, honestly believe there was a media member that really thinks they're going to nah. win the SEC. No. No. Yet one, not
5: unless they had eight media people there. One
3: gave up his vote to do that.
5: Either that or
4: he needs to quit what he's smoking. That's right.
3: <laughs> whatever, whatever that might be. Let's do some recruiting, and let's talk about the Grove Collective quickly. Uh, and The mission is to create and enhance the NIL opportunities for the Ole student-athletes. Give them that level of protection to guide them in the NIL marketplace. Yancey.
5: Yeah, Juice Fest 23 will be held this weekend. Players will be coming in and out all weekend long. A few of the players that are expected to come in, you know, Zach confirmed there, which big news there, uh, William, um, William Niger, uh, Nari, excuse me, out of uh, North Carolina will be making the track to Oxford. He's a defensive lineman, number three player in the whole country, the number one defensive lineman in the whole country. Huge news there. Just kind of came out of left field. Noel White out of Ocean Springs, a four star wide receiver, is expected to be in town. He's committed to Arkansas, but Ole Miss and Mississippi State are feverishly still recruiting him. Uh, he'll be in town, expected to be in town this weekend. A guy that's kind of surfacing as of late, San Frisco, McGee, out of McComb, Mississippi, a wide receiver. That Ole Miss and State have really put a lot of emphasis on these last couple months. He's expected to be in town. Um, and then don't be surprised if five-star defensive lineman Cam Franklin out of Lake Cormont arrives in town. Don't know yet, don't know if he'll be here, but he said he will be making his decision very soon last night. And as one person told me out of the IPF, you know, I wouldn't trade our position with anybody else. So you know, there seems to be some positive vibes there with Cam Franklin. Um, And then another tidbit here, Nigel Glover, a four-star linebacker um, out of Northwestern. He signed with Northwestern, as we all know. Coach Pat got dismissed. Old Miss has been in contact with him in the portal. He visits Kentucky this weekend. And then, as we also know, DeMond Williams, uh, quarterback from Arizona, decommitted from Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago. They ended up uh, offering a kid named Trevor Jackson out of Florida, Oklahoma. Coach Levy offers him the next day. Now those are his top two schools. So kind of keep your ears open for Trevor Jackson.
3: And we'll close it up with the good, bad, and ugly sponsored by the Big Delta Power Sports located at 155 Cracker Barrel Drive, in Batesville.
4: Well, in late July, there's no bad and ugly, so it's all good. Um, We've gone over some of this in the show. Jeremy James, Jaden Williams, Jordan Watkins, Spencer Sanders, Cedric Johnson, Trey Harris, Dayton Wade. What do they all have in common? They all missed all or some of spring with injuries, but now they're all expected to be back when August practice opens next week. James Williams and Johnson – have recovered from off-season shoulder surgery and have told me, all of them told me they are 100% now. Watkins, Wade, and Harris all had hamstring pulls in spring, and all three told me they are expecting to be full go for fall camp. Sanders has continued the rehab processes of his shoulder and is now throwing the ball with authority. All of this was expected, but it's certainly good to have it verified that things are on track as the 2023 season quickly approaches. August practice just around the corner.
5: That's it. Nothing Good. nothing ugly can happen That. What a great report, injury report that is right yep. there. That's big news for Ole Miss.
3: Great stuff from both guests, Coach Clem from really baseball was. and Zach Barry on everything in the recruiting and the SEC media days. Great show. Absolutely. We'll do it again one more Monday in July. We've got another one. We'll come back with you then. Don't forget that text message line at
5: 426-1093. toddy.